I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge. And joining me to break it all down, it's the coach. Coach, how's it going? It's going great. I mean, you talk about uh, a great day on PGA Tour Live. I've never in the history of doing this for four years had a player from the morning wave and a player from my afternoon wave featured groups be tied for the lead at the end there of day one. So it was, it was, it was pretty cool. It's pretty I, cool. I, Let's talk about it. I'm sad to admit, uh, you were literally the first voice I heard this morning. <laughs> I, 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 rolled, I rolled over in bed. My wife wasn't awake yet. I turned the, turned the TV on, right, just real low, and I hear the coach's voice. I'm like, oh, boy, we are off and running 6.15 a.m. my time or whatever it was. <laughs> Rick, Rick uh, let's, be, let's be honest. You really want my voice to be the voice you hear when you roll over first thing in the morning every day. <laughs> Absolutely scary stuff. Uh, we're going to talk plenty of golf, but... But after a seven-month war of attrition, it is the match the world has been waiting for. Manchester City versus Chelsea. It's the UEFA Champions League final. And it's Saturday, May 29th at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's streaming live on Paramount+. Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash UCL to start your free trial today. All right, Coach, let's start with one of the men atop the leaderboard, your early morning leader, Jordan Spieth. He goes out and shoots the first 60. That's seven under par here at Colonial. And he had a little bit of that magic. He was chipping in. He birdied his final three holes. This was a very Spethian round today. I would be very, very scared if I'm the rest of the field. Because with the exception of maybe two holes that I can remember, maybe three, he was never out of position. He was never in trouble. He made maybe three or four par putts in the eight to ten foot range. But he's in complete control of his golf ball. And Rick, this is a course that every hole is different. You, sometimes you got to hit the right. Sometimes you got to hit it to the left. You got to cut the corners. But here's the difference this year, which is why I would be so scared. That rough is like this. It's juicy. It's nasty. If your ball goes in there, there were guys. Remember we talked on the preview that the short game around the green wouldn't be a stat that would even come into play this week. Well, it's a very, very important stat now because players are sure. missing the, the, the greens everywhere, but not Spieth. He's in complete control of his ball. He played awesome today. He had chip-ins. He was making putts. The 10- to 15-footers were automatic. 
Uh, I think right now he's got to be the clear favorite to win this week. Well, we're going to get to that at the end, but he certainly is, according to our friends over at William Hill. And you just look at what he has done. I mean, Colonial, he uh, you talk about a happy hunting ground. He's played yeah. here eight times. He has six top tens. His worst finish is a T32, and he's won it. I mean, it, it is literally uh, not only the, the, the combination of him playing really well this year, Coach, but going to a place that he has truly, and, and we use this word too much, but I think it's accurate here, He's dominated that. Well, he has. And I figured out today why. Because this was the first time I've called uh, him on PGA Tour Live at Colonial. And he is able to work his ball two ways. And this is the first course that I've ever called that seriously from hole to hole to hole. You have to do that. And all these players today struggle. Because most players, you know this, Rick, they either go left to right and fade it or they're drawers of the golf ball. Well, today... Only half the holes can you do that. So guys were chopping out and hitting all over the place, and a really good score was a 68 today. That would have been really good if you're a one-way player. Spieth is a two-way player, and that's why he always comes here. Obviously, he's from Texas, but that's why he dominates here, and I saw that firsthand today. It was amazing to watch. He's in complete control. This golf course is hard, and it's the hardest maybe it's ever been because of the rough and players really, really struggled. A lot of big-time names shot big-time scores, but Spieth, never in trouble today. The other man atop the leaderboard, your afternoon leader, Sergio Garcia, also with the 63. It was, of course, bogey-free, highlighted by the eagle that he made on 11. That is when he holed out from a greenside bunker. That was That's a par 5. Uh, a little bit different than, than Spieth, but Sergio, of course, to go out and shoot a 63, you've got to be in, in pretty good control of your game. You, you, you absolutely do. And that par five is playing 635 yards today. So for Sergio to get it all the way into that bunker in two, you know he has to be striking the ball really, really well. But he made his hay, Rick, really in the middle of his round. It kind of coasted to that 63 at the end. I tell you what, I would love to be him right now because of the players in the afternoon, he shot well and then co cracked, but now he gets to go to bed. He's going to come right back out, and the forecast for tomorrow is the winds are going to lay down in the morning. At least that's the last time I checked. So if he can go out early in the morning, soft conditions, softer conditions, there's still a lot of standing water around the course. We saw that with JT on a couple of shots today too. But for the most part, it's drained really, really well. So if I'm Sergio, I have to take advantage, and he's striking the ball well. We know he's a former champion here. He feels very comfortable here, Uh, and I think that showed today with him and Jordan how they both played. Jordan's 63 came in the morning. Sergio's came in the afternoon. Which one of these was more impressive, Coach? I, I know the, the scoring average was re- were relatively similar, but did the wind kick up in the afternoon? Was that the more impressive one? Or, Jay, or, G, or Spieth just being in complete control of his game? I would say both, and, and I'll give you two reasons why. The reason for Spieth, because he was never in trouble, and the entire field struggled all day long, but not Spieth. So I thought that was incredibly impressive. Why I think Sergio's was also incredibly impressive. The wind was gusting. When, it, when they got into right when they kicked off on hole one, that wind was popping. It was going. John Rollins, who's uh, doing an amazing job for us as our on-course reporter in Fort Worth, kept talking about how much the wind kept, kept coming up and coming up. So the problem was, Rick, is when the players would hit in, into this lush rough, then you've got to try and gauge. Well, when the wind's blowing, how do you gauge how far – a ball's going to fly out of this rough. So there were flyers. Guys were hitting it over the green. Colin Morikawa, Billy Horschel, they were going over and all over the place on the back nine because the wind was blowing so much and they could not control their golf ball. So to see somebody shoot a 63 in that wind 
I thought it was equally as impressive for a different reason. 63, that's two shots clear of the chase pack. That includes Jason Kokrach, which which you mentioned, Coach. And Eric Compton, before we went hot, you gave me a great little tidbit on Eric Compton. What was it? Well, first time in over five years that he has shot under par on the PGA Tour. That's amazing to me. His career has really fallen off. and uh, So he takes sponsors' exemptions when he can get them. When he can get them. Uh, do I think he's going to continue this through the weekend? No, I do not. But it was a nice story for one day. I hope he makes the cut tomorrow. Right now it would come in at plus one. Uh, but in over five years, that's amazing. Uh, it's an amazing stat, but it's unfortunate that really his career fell off. Yeah, he had two heart transplants, yeah. which is unbelievable that the guy's even uh, able to play golf. It's a great story, as you mentioned. Hope he makes the cut. Hope he makes some noise over the course of the rest of this week. Uh, there, there, there was a group that you kind of alluded to, Coach. The Colin Morikawa, I believe it was Morikawa, Horschel, and JT. They all played yeah. together. Is that right? Okay, yeah, so correct. Th- they were all kind of stuck in the mud, it felt like. Horschel got hot right out of the gate, then he fell back. Morikawa was solid, but treading water. And then JT uh, was kind of all over the place. It was a very anti-JT round, in my opinion. Well, I faded JT on all my plays this week, and and right now I look like a genius. When you watch as much golf as you and I do, Rick, you see trends. You see how players are are playing. And we're also seeing why golf is so difficult. We said this about Rory before he won at Wells Fargo. JT won the players two months ago. And right now he doesn't know what direction he's hitting it in. His driver is awful. His iron play, he's third on the PGA Tour in strokes gained approach. He was missing par three greens. Not not just where he was going all over the place with the driver. When he could put it on a tee, he was missing the greens. Right now, he is lost. He doesn't know where he's going. He's lucky to shoot a 72 today, to be quite honest with you. He made a lot of long par putts, uh, really grinded. I'll give him credit for that. Normally, this would be a round that you'd say, you know what? He's going to come back out here tomorrow morning. He's going to pop off a 64. He's going to be right back in it. I don't see that with him right now. You don't just flip the switch. He really needs and I don't know if it means getting a different set of eyes than his father. I don't know what it is, but his swing is off. And he's also, he's very negative on the golf course because, you know, with PGA Tour Live, we get our microphones right in there. You can hear everything. And his self-talk and the talk with his caddy is is very negative, which is very un- uh, Justin Thomas like as well. As for Colin Morikawa, he was stuck. He was completely stuck in the mud. Yeah. Uh, but Billy Horschel, it may have been the craziest seventy-one you've ever seen in your life. He he had five birdies on the front nine with a bogey, and yeah. then 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, five straight bogeys. Do yeah. you know when the last time was he did that? Uh, I, I would have guessed never. When, when That's he- what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> I said the same thing, and I looked like an idiot. So we looked it up. Uh, the last round of last year's U.S. Open 2020. Before that, he did it in the 2016 Open Championship. So he's wow. actually done it twice and i guess zero as well at, at least those were major championships they, you know colonial played over par today but you five bogeys in a true. row from 10 to 15 or 10 to 14 is is quite the feat uh as mentioned our friends over at william hill they are giving the nod significantly mm-hmm. to jordan spieth he is plus 175 the man he's tied with atop the leaderboard sergio garcia who's won this event granted 20 years ago six to one plus 600 let's start there coach are you surprised to see this this large of a gap between the two guys who are literally tied at the top and two shots clear of the rest of the field? No, 
I am surprised that he is six to one, though. But I'm not surprised at the gap. Uh, and here's why. What was the? I was trying to think, and I, I, I'm 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 drawing a blank here. Uh, the event just a couple of weeks ago that Sergio shot at opening seven under par, and the cut came in at six under. Which one was that? Was that Byron Nelson? Was that Byron Nelson? That well, was Ricky a really got, low cut, right? Yeah, Six yeah, under? yeah. Okay, so that was so. the one that I that we had head up uh, Sergio over Ricky Fowler, and Sergio shot a second round seven uh, three over and missed the cut at four under par after an opening seven under. I think the market sees what he did the last time yes. that he went low, and I think right now they're saying, "Listen, the last time he did this, he regressed the very next day." And he did not even have Jordan Spieth tied with him at the top. Um, Jordan's clearly the, the class of this field. It's a very, very strong field. But when you look at the players that are there, it's very hard to think of a scenario when you're too clear of the next person. And the next person is, no offense, Eric Compton and Jason Kokrak. And then you've got four unders. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Rick, that T8 is all the way down at, uh, at minus two. Am I right? T8 is minus two? Yeah, minus oh, three. So T8 is minus, minus three. three. Yeah. Okay, so even though there's good scores, there aren't a lot past minus three. So what I would do is I would play a big play on Spieth, and I would put a little play on Garcia just to kind of hedge my bet. But I think it's a really good bet to bet on, on Jordan right now because if you don't do it tonight, guess what's going to happen? He's going to be negative after tomorrow, and then you then you can't even play it. The, yeah, the problem is if he has another good round on Friday with how public he is, the yeah. money's going to be rolling in. It was indeed yeah. the Byron Nelson. He shot an opening round 65, followed it yep. up with a 75, missed the yep. cut. He's missed four cuts in a row. So assuming he doesn't go from first-round leader to missing the cut, uh, he'll at least make the weekend. But we shall see with Sergio Garcia. Right after those two, Kokrak is 14-1. to 1. Colin Morikawa is 16 to 1. Patrick Reed and Daniel Berger are both 22. And just um, just out of, I don't, I, don't, not, I don't want to poke fun here, but Eric Compton, who is two shots back, William Hill. You want to take a guess at what his odds are? Oh, William, oh my William God. I'm not, I'm not even looking at the screen right now. I, I would guess, if I was to guess, yeah. I would say it's 30 or 40 to 1. Try 100 to 1. Oh, my gosh. That, yeah. that's not, it's not even disrespectful, though. That's really not even disrespectful. The guy has not shot under par in over five years. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, and it's, it's a perfect number. Sports books are not stupid. Some are. Most aren't. <laughs> and to go 100 to 1, how many people are going to say, oh, he's only two shots back? Let yeah. me put some cake on that. And they're just going to be giving their money away. So I, I get why it's so high because they're going to bring in a lot of money on that. Uh, any one of these other big names. So back up to the top here. Uh, you know, Patrick Reed played this morning. He he kind yeah. of uh, he got hot out of the gate. He he holed out for Eagle, I believe, and then he kind of uh, gave a couple of shots back. I didn't think he played particularly poorly, but again, kind of stuck in the mud. Morikawa, we mentioned sixteen to one, and DB straight vibe and Daniel Berger twenty two. Are any of these guys? <laughs> any of these guys moving the needle for you, Coach? I, I would not put any money on Patrick Reed. Here's why: uh, he was complete smoke and mirrors today. Uh, full transparency, I had a big head-to-head round one matchup, uh, Spieth over Reed, and when he was three under, when he holed out for eagle on twelve from the gunch, it was like cabin. He had to go down mm-hmm. and get it, and somehow he hold it out. I said, you know what? I'm going to be fine. Because he was hitting all over the yard, yanking his drive. And that two under was the absolute best that he could have played. Stay away from him. Justin Rose, two top tens this year, Rick, both in majors. He has no top tens in regular uh, tour events. I would fade him as well. Uh, I kind of like Richie Rowinski. 
Uh, he's not a big name, but it seems like every week he's there and quietly he he just climbs the leaderboard round after round. So uh, I'm really bullish on Cameron Tringali, to be honest with you. I've played him in a couple of top 20s and top 10s this week. He shot a good opening round 69. Here's the problem, Rick. I want people to understand this at home. For everybody on the leaderboard that's playing in the afternoon, it is supposed to pick back up and gust. So to think that any of these players would climb the leaderboard in the afternoon, I think is a, uh, a falsehood. I don't think it's going to happen, which is why I think the lead is going to be somewhere around uh, nine or ten under, and I think it's going to be Jordan Spieth. All right, there you go. Uh, we actually have one more item we need to get to because Tiger Woods has given an update about his uh, his his progress. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, Two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. And we're back. All right, Coach, here it is. Kind of the first real update. Tiger Woods speaks to Golf Digest, and uh, there's there's a, there's a really good piece on Golf Digest about this, and I, I think the most telling thing for me is he's describing his rehab. And, of course, Tiger has been through uh, countless rehabs, right? I mean, the guy's been injured a lot. There's a lot of different things. And he described it as a, quote, entirely different animal. And he also described it, Coach, as more painful than anything I have ever experienced, end quote. What people need to understand when they read this article and these quotes, we need to stop with ever asking if he's going to play again. The dude said in the article, I'm just trying to walk on my own. Right. You don't go from walking on your own to playing on the PGA Tour when you're 45 years of age. His career is over. Does that stink? Yes. Did he give us enough? more than we deserved. And this was a human being talking, not Tiger Woods talking. And to go through rehab just to walk normally again, I don't think any of us can realize how serious this was, how bad it was, how seriously he's injured. And these quotes were very, very telling for me. His career is over, um, but it's the greatest career of all time or, or the second greatest career of all time. He's moving around on crutches right now, and here's the quote that Coach is referencing. He says, and I quote, I do my routines every day, and I'm focused on my number one goal right now, walking on my own, taking it one step at a time, end quote. It's, I think you're absolutely right, Coach. We're obviously going to be keeping a close eye on Tiger um, and as things uh, progress, but for now, for the rest of this week, it's it's Charles Schwab Challenge. You're back at it again on PGA yep. Tour Live tomorrow, right? So you're going to have that keen view. Is it the same featured groups that we get yep. for, for Friday as well? Okay, so just flipped. The afternoon guys are going to go out Correct. in the morning. The morning guys are going to go out in the afternoon, right? Yeah, and the reason we do that is they can't change the tee times. You know what I mean? And we have to hit a certain window because we have to have both, both groups so that's why we do it that way. All right, there you go. Well, the first cut will be back after each and every round of this event, breaking it all down. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank the coach. You can find on Twitter at the coach rules, and you can find me at Rick run good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time.
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.